Good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Odnell. <clears throat> this is the Ken Odnell Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Gateway to the Old West and the most haunted city in the country. Well, today is June the 14th, 165th day of the year. 200 days remain till the year's over with. And we'll be starting a new one. All right. Holidays and observances. It's Flag Day. National Bourbon Day. World Blood Donor Day. It's the Army's birthday. It was created in 1775. Falkland Islands Liberation Day. International Bath Day. Take one whether you need it or not. Monkey Around Day. National New Mexico Day. It's a day to pay tribute to the state of New Mexico and its people. National Pop Goes the Weasel Day. National Strawberry Shortcake Day. Pahila Day. And, as I said, first and foremost, it is Flag Day. Well... Let's see what we got. 1158, the city of Munich is founded by Henry the Lion on the banks of the River Isar. 1216, First Baron's War. Prince Louis of France takes the city of Winchester, abandoned by John, King of England, and soon conquers over half the kingdom. 1276, while taking exile in Fuzhou, away from advancing Mongol invaders, the Remnants of the Song Dynasty court hold a coronation ceremony for Emperor Duanzong. 1285, the Second Mongol Invasion of Vietnam. Forces led by Prince Tran Quang Kai of the Tran Dynasty destroy most of the invading Mongol naval fleet in the Battle of Chongdong. 1287, Kublai Khan. Defeats the forces of Nayan and other traditionalist uh, Bojigan princes in East Mongolia and Manchuria. 1381, Richard II of England meets leaders of the Peasants' Revolt at Mile End. Tower of London is seen by rebels, is stormed by rebels who uh, enter without resistance. 1404, Welsh rebel leader Owen Gwendolyn. Having declared himself Prince of Wales, allies himself with the French against Henry IV of uh, England. 1618, Joris Wessler prints the first Dutch newspaper, Corante u Italian Deutschland, in uh, Amsterdam. On this day in 1645, English Civil War, Battle of Naseby. 12,000 Royalist forces are beaten by 15,000 Parliamentarian soldiers. 1658, Franco-Spanish War. Turin and the French army won a decisive victory over the Spanish at the Battle of the Dunes. 1690, King William III of England, William of Orange, lands in Ireland to confront the former King James II. Uh, 1775, American Revolutionary War. Continental armies established on this date by the Continental Congress, marking the birth of the United States Armed Forces. 1777, the Second Continental Congress passes the Flag Act of 1777, adopting the Stars and Stripes as the flag of the United States. 1789, Mutiny on the Bounty. 
HMS Bounty Mutiny survivors, including Captain William Bly and 18 others, reached Timor after a nearly 7,400-kilometer, that's about 4,600-mile journey in an open boat. 1800, the French Army of the First Consul Napoleon Bonaparte defeats the Austrians at the Battle of Marengo in northern Italy and then reconquers Italy. 1807. Emperor Napoleon's French Grand Army defeats the Russian Army at the Battle of Friedland in Poland, um, ending the War of the Fourth Coalition. 1821, Vadi VII, King of Sinar, surrenders his throne and realm to Ishmael Pasha, Pasha, General of the Ottoman Empire, bringing a 300-year-old Sudanese kingdom to an end. 1822, Charles Babbage proposes a different engine in a a difference engine in a paper to the Royal Astronomical Society. 1830, beginning of the French colonization of Algeria. 34,000 French soldiers begin their invasion of Algiers, landing 27 kilometers west at the uh, city Frigi. 1839, Henley Royal Regatta, the village of Henley on Thames. Uh, the River Thames in Oxfordshire stages its first regatta. 1846, the Bear Flag Revolt begins. Anglo Setters in Sonoma, California start a rebellion against Mexico and proclaim the California Republic. If they could see what it's become today, I think they'd give it, try to give it back to Mexico. 1863, American Civil War. Second Battle of Winchester. Union garrisons defeated by the Army of Northern Virginia in the Shenandoah Valley town of Winchester, Virginia. Uh, 1863, second assault on the Confederate works at the siege of Port Hudson during the American Civil War. Uh, 1872, trade unions are legalized in Canada. 1888, the White Russia's uh, territories become the British Protectorate of Sarawak. 1900, Hawaii becomes a U.S. territory. Also on this date, 1900. Second German naval law calls for the Imperial German Navy to be doubled in size. This resulted in the Anglo-German naval arms race. 1907, the National Association for Women's Suffrage succeeds in getting Norwegian women the right to vote in parliamentary elections. 1919, John Alcock and Arthur Witten Brown depart from St. John's, Newfoundland on the first non-stop transatlantic flight. 1926, Brazil leaves the League of Nations. 1937, Pennsylvania becomes the first and only state of the Union to celebrate Flag Day officially as a state holiday. Also in 1937, U.S. House of Representatives passes the Marijuana Tax Act. And for those who are not familiar with that act, it was a place to tax on the sale of cannabis. Drafted by Henry Amstlinger and introduced by Representative Robert Downton of North Carolina. Um... On the Congressional Hearings Confirmation, uh, redrafted his House Resolution 6906 and introduced him with the House Report 792. Um, the act was overturned in 1969 and the reverse U.S. was appealed by Congress the next year. <coughs> All righty. 1940, World War II, German occupies, uh, the German occupation of Paris begins on this date. Also in 1940, Soviet Union presents an ultimatum to Lithuania regarding the Lithuanian loss of independence, which resulted in the Lithuanian loss of independence. 
1928 Polish political prisoners from Turnau become the first inmates of the Auschwitz concentration camp. 1941 June deportation, first major wave of Soviet mass deportations and the murder of Estonians, Latvians, and Lithuanians begins on this date. 1944 World War II, after several failed attempts, the British Army abandons Operation Perch. That was the plan to capture the German-occupied town of uh, Cayenne. 1945, World War II, Filipino troops of the Philippine Commonwealth Army liberate the captured in Locosur and start the Battle of uh, Pisang Pass in northern Luzon. 1949, Albert II, a rhesus monkey, rides a V-2 rocket to an altitude of 83 miles, becoming the first mammal and first monkey in space. Now, there is evidence that the uh, the Nazis uh, had a test pilot fly one of their experimental craft into the into space. 1950, Air France Douglas DC-4 crashes near Bahrain International Airport, killing 40 people. Came two days after another Air France DC-4 crashed in the same location. Uh, 1951, Univac uh, 1 is uh, dedicated by the U.S. Census Bureau. That was a computer, don't you know? 1954, President Eisenhower signs a bill into law that puts the words under God into the United States Pledge of Allegiance. 1955, Chile becomes a signatory to the Buenos Aires Copyright Treaty. 1969, Disneyland monorail system, the first daily operating monorail system in the Western Hemisphere, opens to the public in Anaheim, California. 1959, Dominican exiles depart from Cuba and land in the Dominican Republic to overthrow the totalitarian government of Rafael Trujillo. All but four are killed or executed. Uh, 1962, European Space Research Organization established in Paris. Later, it became the European Space Agency. 1966, the Vatican announces the abolition of the Index Prohibitum, the Index of Prohibited Books, that it was... Uh, Instituted in 1557. 1967, the Mariner program. Mariner 5 is launched toward Venus. Uh, 1972, Japan Airlines Flight 471 crashes on approach to Palam International Airport. That's now the Indira Gandhi International Airport, New Delhi, India. Kills 82 out of the 87 people on board and four more people on the ground. And as I've said many times, if you're killed by a plane falling on you, you're having a bad day. 1982, Falklands War. Argentine forces in the capital. Uh, Stanley conditionally surrendered to the British forces. 1985, five members of the European Economic Council signed the Schengen Agreement, establishing a free travel zone with no border controls. 1986, the mine bender derails and kills three riders at the Fantasyland. Snow Bay is Galaxy Land. It's an indoor amusement park at uh, West Edmonton Mall in Edmonton, Alberta. 1994, the 1994 Vancouver Stanley Cup riot occurs after the New York Rangers defeat the Vancouver Canucks to win the Stanley Cup. Caused an estimated uh, in Canadian dollars, 1.1 million in 1994 dollars, uh, leading to 200 arrests and injuries. 2002, near-Earth asteroid 2002 MN misses the Earth by 75,000 miles, about a third of the distance between the Earth and the Moon. 
2014, a Ukraine military Aleutian 276 airlifter shot down, killed off 49 people on board. 2017, fired a high-rise apartment building in North Kensington, London. Leave 72 dead, another 74 injured. Uh, in regard to the Aleutian transport aircraft, it was part of the 25th Transport Aviation Brigade of the Ukrainian Air Force, shot down by forces of the Russian-backed separatists from the Luhansk People's Republic while on approach to land at the Luhansk uh, International Airport. That was during the initial phase of the war in Donbass. Carrying troops and equipment from an undisclosed location. As I said, all 49 people on board were killed. And in 2017, U.S. Republican House Majority Whip Steve Scalise of Louisiana and three others were shot and wounded by a terrorist while practicing for the annual congressional baseball game. Uh, in regard to that, I would say he needed to be at work, not playing baseball, uh, paid for by the taxpayers. All right, we have been, uh, yesterday, we talked about uh, shadow people. We're going to continue that today. And then tomorrow, we're going to talk about an unsolved murder. Now, among the, what are considered the most dangerous and fear-inspiring shadow people are the, the red-eyed and the demonic Molded from evil and ill intentions, they target the individuals they encounter with pure malice. You can spot these shadow figures by their glowing red eyes and typically exaggerated but human-like appearance. They may have large statues, elongated limbs, even wings and horns. Uh, the visual is designed to terrify. If you spot one even once, um, most people tend to leave. Almost commonly tied to one location makes it easier to, to avoid them and leave them behind. And it's said they can also sense fear. And the stronger someone's fear grows while in the presence of a red-eyed shadow person, the stronger this entity seems to, to get. Now some say these demonic creatures are created when a particularly evil human passes away and transforms into a dark, ominous form to continue their evil malevolent ways. May also be the product of a regular human-shaped shadow person devolving over time as they grow more and more distant from their original human identity. Now, when most shadow people observe or aim to frighten whoever comes across them, demonic spirits are incredibly prone to aggression and much more likely to physically attack and, and harm the uh, the witness. And that's one reason everybody should proceed with caution if they enter an area known for high levels of spiritual activity. And it's certainly ill-advised to look for these entities or participate in such things as using a Ouija board or holding a seance. You open the door to all kinds of things. If I honestly know what you might stir up and encounter. I remember when I was in college, there was a very attractive young lady. Everybody wanted to play knees with and she, um, I was at her dorm for some reason, and she wanted somebody to do a Ouija board with her, so of course I did. And among the information that came through the Ouija board was she would be leaving the college within 90 days. 
And of course, she had no intention to do so and poo-pooed the whole idea. But about 60 days after that event, she fell and hit her head, which caused her a lot of issues, and she had to leave uh, school in order to recuperate. So uh, the Ouija board was correct. And, you know, quite frankly, a lot of folks I know uh, take the position you don't know what you're going to stir up or encounter if you do use a Ouija board. Now, as you might guess, the, the paranormal realm has a nearly endless number of entities. There are more entities that fall under the category of shadow people um, that you might expect may not look like the typical human-shaped shadow people that first come to mind when you mention that term, but they exhibit some similar behaviors and characteristics. Now, some of the creatures are encountered more regularly than others. Some are elusive and the stuff of legends uh, that may only have been seen by just a few people. Um, the first one is the, the mist. Now, some shadow people don't even have a solid or corporeal form, let alone a human-shaped one. They uh, they appear like clouds of shadow or vapor, moving like a billow of mist across the room. And despite their seemingly insentient nature, with no features causing them to appear either human or even anything like any particular type of creature, those who have reported and witnessing claim that they give off a, an aura of intelligence. It's interesting since they could be mistaken for an inanimate force of nature. And some who've encountered them report that they're more attracted to negative emotions. They seem more likely to show up um, during or immediately after a high-stress situation or um, a period of sorrow, anger, or trauma. Um... Then there's the wisp, W-I-S-P. Uh, what are the wisp, as they're called? They're one type of shadow creature that seems to portray an eerie kind of beauty. They're recorded in folk tales of multiple European countries. Tales of travelers spotting them in swamps and bogs and graveyards and walking along deserted paths. These travelers will come across them while traversing an unknown place at night and the the wisp shines in the dark like a beacon of security and hope. But they aren't as helpful as they seem and most often uh, carry uh, malicious intentions. They've been described in several different forms. Some stories talk about them appearing as small floating blue flames or lanterns giving off an ethereal light. They've also been known to look like floating orbs of ghostly light. That's why they're called ghost lights. My parents bought a... Um, Brand new home. They were the first ones to occupy it. On the edge of what had been an Indian village back in the 1700s. And one night I'm drowsing, falling asleep, when this light appears in the center of the room. It actually came out behind my TV to start with. And then it went around the room like it was on a track. Um cut on the lights of course and there's nothing there I was the only one that saw it for a long time and then uh, one particular evening it appeared and I immediately summoned my 
parents who came and they saw it. Went down behind the door right beside where my father was standing. He flipped on the lights, jerked open the door, nothing there. But after that, that TV would not work in that room. Take it anyplace else, it worked just fine. Put it back in that room, nothing. And then the fish started disappearing out of my aquarium. And they'd be found in the drawers, wrapped up in clothes. Uh, we never did figure out what the story was about that. Um, been a lot of other names for Will of the Wisp. They've been called uh, hobby lanterns and spook lights and jack-o'-lanterns and foolish fire and even ghost candles when they're seen inside graveyards. In some versions of the of the tales, they're spirits forced to wander among the marsh with only a light, signifying some misdeed they committed when they while they were living. The European stories describe them as wicked fairies or other supernatural beings. They use this light to lure travelers down the wrong path, ultimately causing them to, to die in some accident. There are a few similar variations of the story, though. From Ireland, the story comes uh, about an evildoer named Jack who strikes a bargain with the devil, tricks him, and is ultimately without interest in both heaven and hell because of his deeds. But the devil, for whatever reason, gives him a single enter ember to use within a makeshift lantern and he's doomed to wander the twilight world with other lost souls. Welsh folklore says the lights uh, we call the wisp are carried by malevolent creatures rather than spirits. They're called uh, fairy fire held in the hands of a goblin-like creature which tricks travelers by leading them off the path and getting them lost in the dark. Devon in Cornwall has stories of the, the pixie light, another glowing light known to lead wanderers astray and away from safety. And there are even versions of these stories in Asia. One example is the marsh ghost light, named by the Bengalis, which are strange orbs of light that are seen hovering over the marsh at night. They're considered some apparitions uh, living in the gases of the marsh, striving to confuse fishermen and make them stumble into the marsh, which causes them to drown. Of course, modern science, and they're sitting in their ivory towers, say that uh, some of these sightings may be caused by the gases of decaying plants and shining phosphorescent light. This is where we get the uh, swamp gas story to explain away UFOs. Even when there's no swamp within a thousand miles, somebody's going to pop up with swamp gas. We can't say with absolute certainty whether some of these entities are the same entities found in different parts of the world, but similarities are striking. Either way, they're another mysterious, malicious creature of the night looking to do nothing but cause mischief. And then there's the crawler. Now, not much is known about this particular entity, unlike many of the others that we have and will discuss. Um, a 2012 episode of the show, My Ghost Story, features the story of the crawler, a strange being that haunted the halls of a church in Oklahoma. Um... This particular crawler made its home inside an abandoned and run-down church, even though crawlers are most often said to dwell in the forest. They have the appearance of a somewhat humanoid figure adorned in white or gray-white uh, skin and has sunken eyes. One of the most disturbing shadow beings to see and one of the scariest. They're incredibly aggressive and dangerous with sharp claws and teeth that they use to inflict injuries on whoever they come in contact with. 
Move around on all fours with incredible speed, making it hard to view one clearly as they run so fast they can look like a blur. Now they're almost seem more like anthropomorphic monsters than can to the other shadow people. But you can't rule out any relation because it's unknown just what they are or where they come from. Then, of course, we have shadow animals, less frightening, creepy shadow specters witnessed uh, here and there. Um, they come in multiple species like dogs and rats and apparently apes, but what's most commonly sighted are cats. If you're an animal lover, encountering one of these can be, um, well, I've heard it described as thrilling. But they're one of the most challenging shadow creatures to find, usually low to the ground and move incredibly quickly, exhibiting elusive behavior. This makes them uh, exponentially less likely to seek out interaction with humans and a lot of the other types of shadow creatures. And from what we know, these bees are not particularly dangerous, or certainly not as much as other aggressive shadow figures. They pose no more threat than the living animals we share our space with. They can carry various intentions, though. So they could be set on creating mischief. They've been known in rare cases to target people or animals they dislike and go out of their way to annoy them. And then one that I've heard a lot of discussion about is the old hag, also known as the night hag, closely associated with sleep paralysis, according to science. Well, professor, professionals will almost certainly tell you they're merely a product of this sleep time phenomena. But... I don't think they can say that with any certainty. Those who have seen the old hag describers, an old witch with long white hair all dressed in black, almost always experienced sitting on the chest of her victims, pressing down on them with actual weight and understandably bringing an undeniable sensation of dread. Science chalks these experiences up to simple sleep paralysis hallucinations, as with most shadow people's visitations. These are multiple cultures, however, with legends and surrounding this creature. The Nigerians talk about a demon woman rendering you motionless by jumping on you during your dreams. Japanese uh, believe it's a spirit seeking vengeance. Brazilians have stories about a crone called Pisadera attacking people in their sleep when they lie on their backs. Again, it seems a strange coincidence that so many people worldwide share similar experiences and legends. And they are not the only ones. Stories of the night hag and similar entities come from Scandinavia, Fiji, Turkey, Thailand, China, Korea, the Philippines, and a lot of others. Some have witnessed uh, the old hag without hearing the stories of her or what she does to those she visits. Similarities between stories shared online are truly uncanny. One detail that separates these stories from regular shadow people encounters is the old hag always has a distinct facial or clothing features. Witnesses have described their faces, hair, and clothing. Much more can be said about the uh, undistinguishable human-shaped figures. The um, you know, it's no wonder most people, most scientists, don't know anything there, everything there is to know about sleep and dreaming. And who's to say they ever will achieve it? So much about the dreamscape that's by its very nature elusive and fantastic. It's hard to know the meaning of the people and the things and the creatures we witness while asleep or half awake. It's possible to study the nature of dreams from a scientific standpoint, though. Certain parts of our brain activate while we're dreaming, like the hippocampus 
involved in the formation of long-term memories and the amygdala, which governs responses to fear. Most experts, if there is such a thing, agree that dreams generally stem from our experiences and wishes during the waking hours. And it is an interesting theory about the reason we have dreams that strongly relates to shadow creatures. This is called the threat simulation theory of dreaming and stipulates our dreams can be used as a biological evolutionary defense mechanism. And many dreams involve a threat of some kind, whether physical, mental, or social. Granted, some dreams may seem like silly nonsense, but when we consider this idea, it gives us another glimpse into the world of shadow people and why some people dream about them. Because there's no consequences or actual dangers during our sleep state, it's a safe environment to rehearse and encounter threats. We'll talk about a few aspects of sleep and non-sleep and how they relate to this particular theory and, um, and discuss some additional uh, types of shadow people. Now, the best place to start is, once again, looking at the idea of sleep paralysis. We have to confront the reality that it possibly and currently poses as the most popular explanation for sleep uh, shadow people's sightings, at least according to the average tower scientist. And because of this, it's primarily accepted by the general public, which, of course, makes sense when you consider the sensibility behind it and the implications we need to consider shadow people really aren't real. The idea of these experiences can be explained away by an intriguing bodily phenomenon is comforting and understandably so to many people. And there's a good reason behind it is the realm of the shadow people and the figures isn't one to be trifled with. Now, for those who do see or feel the presence of shadow people during episodes of sleep paralysis, you have to ask yourself, what, do, what could this mean? Well, we can come up with another possibility when we look at it through the lens of the threat simulation theory of dreaming that we just talked about. And even if these encounters with shadow people are not completely real, or maybe just something concocted by our brains during this half-conscious state, it doesn't mean that these entities don't exist. Sleep paralysis typically occurs during the REM cycle of sleep. When uh, the dreams occur, the resulting hallucinations could be part of a dream. Uh, if our dreams are a defense mechanism built into us through evolution, maybe our brains show us shadow figures to prepare us for the ones we could encounter in the real world. Now... Well, shadow people have been witnessed and observed since the beginning of time worldwide. And some may have even been present on this earth before humans came to be, as we are today. Our brain still knows about these things and understands they're a threat, or it could be. It conjures up in Im- images of them in our dreams to keep us in practice and make us aware of what we're dealing with. After all, dreams and sleep paralysis aren't the only th- times people have seen these shadow figures. This particular thought combined with the uh, defense theory almost perfectly discards the opinion shadow people don't exist in any sense. If nothing else, shadow people stumbled on in our waking hours do merit some investigation. Now, by understanding our experiences with shadow people during sleep paralysis, we can better understand what occurs outside of sleep paralysis, and I guess you could say vice versa. 
continuing to discuss the threat stimulation theory of the dreaming and how it ties into this topic so it helps us identify the the reality of shadow people in the real world now, almost all types of shadow figures we've talked about have been encountered and talked about in stories that occur either during sleep paralysis and while awake or just in the process of waking up I guess is the best way to say it Many non-human-shaped beings, especially the will of the wisps and the jinn, are known for their activity and interactions with conscious human beings. Certain types, like regular human-shaped shadow people and the fedora man, have been witnessed in both situations, the individual I knew and his daughter. Both swear they were fully awake when they ran in encountered the hat man. Only the old hag is referenced explicitly as a sleep paralysis creature. And even then, some people have stories of the night hag sightings uh, while not paralyzed. Now, plenty of people have observed shadow people awake at night in their homes, in the daytime or outside of their houses. Um, if our brains use sleep paralysis to prepare us for real-world threats, these entities seen while awake could very well be real and worth avoiding. Now, ghosts are a tricky subject at best and definitely a complicated topic. And while many cultures have different ideas of what ghosts might be, whether they exist or what forms they may take, um, there's no one answer for dealing with them. Now, most people do have generally similar preconceived notions of what ghosts are, though, and what they might look like. When you think of ghosts initially, you they likely think of a person who's died and who's sold, or a fragment of their soul that's left here on the earth. Uh, your ideas and knowledge on the meaning of souls and spirits will certainly be challenged and possibly expanded as you delve into the world of the shadow people. These beings are worth pondering because their existence in our world could significantly impact our views on the supernatural and our souls are affected by the lives we lead as humans. Now, shallow people haven't only been seen inside homes or other buildings. In fact, these figures, sometimes human-shaped, also exist in places in the wilderness. Now, earlier we talked about the will-o'-the-wisp, which have been witnessed in the wild and marshes and swamps and in every store they're in. Legends from years worth of folklore across multiple countries place them in either these settings or in graveyards. And their location does seem to have a an impact on their behavior. And just like the, the Will of the Wisps, these are also human-shaped shadows at home in the forest. Unlike the Will of the Wisps, these beings don't exhibit any harmful or aggressive behavior and don't really seem to seek out or interact with people. They watch and observe silently, occasionally mimicking the behavior of living humans, but they don't seem to pose a threat. They'll sometimes imitate the way a person walks or walk at the same time as them. One fact about these shadows is their movements don't create any sound, like a normal human walking through the woods and stepping on leaves or twigs. In this particular uh, manner, they're almost like a person's actual shadow. Now, there are a few different theories about what these things are and why they live in the forest. After all, these shadows in particular remain in one location instead of following any human home or even leaving the safety of the woods. 
Some believes there are guardians of some kind watching passively over the trees and the wildlife. And that, of course, would explain their connection to the woods. Maybe they're spirits seeking to keep the peace between wilderness and humans. Those who believe in these creatures call them uh, shadow stalkers. If this idea is based on any truth, you have to wonder what this means regarding land conservation efforts and environmental protection. Some may have learned from these beings and their dedication to wildlife. Even the possibility of them serving this role on their land provokes thoughts about our society's efforts to preserve nature. Others speculate they may actually be lost souls doomed to wander the woods forever because they were previously lost as humans. But this is a, a strange idea as it means they aren't confined to the forest at their own accord, but instead they're actually trapped there. Now, some people's experience with shadow people can't, well, they're very difficult to categorize. In fact, there are many miscellaneous encounters where the, the supposed shadow person had distinct features or even closely resembled a deceased family member. Still, more people have seen the shadow creatures that look like monsters. Um, you know, one person's story from childhood details a shadow man they witnessed standing by their bedroom. Described him as a Native American man standing in the frame. Stood about six foot five, wore a black suit with an old-fashioned top hat, and had long hair and sharp blue eyes. Later on, this person found out from their father that his description sounded uh, similar to his late great uncle. And the thought that the spirit of a long-gone relative could be in your house uh, certainly gives rise to a lot of conflicting feelings. Makes you wonder what exactly causes a person's soul to be left behind like that. One person also remembered seeing a shadow at the young age of two or three. They discussed shadows with red eyes, but this figure in their wall had glowing white eyes and seemed to move toward them. And another unusual thing about these unexplainable shadows is that some have been caught performing human-like activities. Some have seen them sitting in rocking chairs in their living room acting as if they lived there themselves. Others report hearing the sounds of breathing coming from them and even whispers of conversation. Hearing a voice transmitted from one of these otherworldly frightening beings has got to rank up there with the most disturbing of possible encounters. Well, there are many big and understandably hard to understand topics and unbreached places in our world. The idea there could be more than one universe is a concept that's difficult to wrap your mind around. And much more to learn about our oceans and the galaxy, and let alone other dimensions. If you ever felt small while gazing up at the night sky, just ponder the depths of space and all the stars and planets. Imagine how tiny you might feel if you knew there were other universes and dimensions besides your own. There are, in fact, some who believe in a multiverse theory. And you might think it's unbelievable to be based on science, huh? Some interesting thoughts about psychics, uh, or, or no, I misread the word physics. Attempt to explain how this may be possible. While some believe in one or a few parallel universes, others think there's a great multitude or an infinite number of them. The Big Bang theory says our universe was created when it expanded and grew extremely rapidly. Um, that's usually referred to as process inflation. 
Inflation continued for a certain amount of time before eventually slowing and supposedly ending. But theories of the multiverse wonder if this inflation could have continued in certain far-off parts of the universe since inflation didn't end everywhere else simultaneously. And it wouldn't be easy to suppose that there's an overlap between these universes. That's because of infinite expansion and the idea that the edges of our universe and possibly others could be continually moving away making it nearly impossible to ever reach the next one. When we look at occurrences of the supernatural, though, the question tends to arise whether there truly are other dimensions outside our own and if there are times when they perhaps collide. Now, some theories talk about other dimensions existing very close to the ones we know about, like height and length and width, but are invisible to us. Some also consider time a dimension of its own, opening up possibly uh, interesting takes on time traveling with shadows. Suppose there truly are dimensions as visible to the naked eye, moving and shifting around us or parallel to us. Could other beings slip through and make themselves visible in, a, in our reality? And this brings us around to the possibility of interdimensional shadows. We've talked so far about time traveling and extraterrestrial shadows. Still, shadows perceived to be from another dimension fall into a whole other ball game uh, and scientific uh, thought revolves around, uh, shall we say, the possibility. Well, you may think it's a far-fetched idea. Dwell on how outlandish some of the other stories and tales from folklore may have seen before you learn more about them. As we delve into the explanations for these entities, uh, you need to keep an open mind. Now, another train of thought involving multiple dimensions suggests that they could sometimes overlap or mesh with ours through vibrating particles. And as the particles move around each other and intersect, it would open up small pathways for interdimensional beings to slip through or even cast a shadow. Shadow figures we sometimes see at night cast on our wall when a, like a disembodied human shadow slinking across our room may not even be physically present in spirits or entities. What if they're just a trace left or a leak through a doorway into another dimension? Maybe the real beings on the other side. Maybe they're just as puzzled as we are because they might observe the shadows we cast ourselves. This could be a very likely possibility for those shadow people who appear to ramble or act as if they're locked on the, to their destination. The shadow figures we've talked about already have been seen walking uh, determinedly in one direction, giving no acknowledgement to any of the people around them. And maybe this is because the shadows we see are is similar to our own when the sun shines over us. Maybe we're seeing their shadow week through between dimensions, giving us a glimpse into their world without truly knowing what it looks like. Now suppose these shadow figures are from another dimension. In that case, this would explain why some of them display intentions of their own and sometimes even take action. There could be aggressive beings in a dimension close to ours who by their very nature seek to harm others. Maybe they could just be seeking a way to get back home because too much of their essence has crossed over and they don't know where they are. They may think they're in danger, surrounded by unfamiliar surroundings and people they don't recognize. Now this thought might draw you to sympathize or want to figure out why a shadow person might repeatedly be showing up around your house. 
though an aggressive or foreboding shadow may only be reacting out of fear survival instinct protecting yourself first and foremost is actually mo the most important i wouldn't want you to try to communicate with these things in any way especially if they're displayed negative behaviors already these actions seem to progress or start trying they start trying to harm you you should take the necessary steps to get rid of them uh, or, in fact, just leave your home. I also mentioned time being a supposed dimension. That didn't have to relate to the idea of time travelers. If this is a dimension, it does open up the possibility for time travel in the future when people finding a way to travel along their own dimension. Some theorize, though, that people may also unintentionally project along this dimension. They question whether the shadow figure they're seeing could be a future version of themselves living some visible trace of their spirit if it's tied more strongly to the location though it might even have to do with the future residence of your home shadow could even be a relative somewhere down your family line invisible to you either because of your blood connection or their physical presence in your home now, we've discussed the possibility of shadow people being aliens and extraterrestrials visitors from outer space and Some actually believe there are already shadows here on Earth, either in disguise or living in another dimension very close to us. Maybe the shadows we see are alien figures in disguise trying to emulate our appearance, but not quite getting it right. Some of them could be seeking to study us, explaining why some people are stalked with these shadows and obsessively watched. They could also be slipping in from another dimension, unknowingly leaving marks on our world. Now, it's uncertain whether their purpose for coming here and watching us could be if there truly are alien life forms. Maybe one day they'll decide to make themselves known for what they really are. Now, some religions also believe in a spiritual realm, separate but closely connected with the one we inhabit. Christianity particularly, they believe in demonic entities, as well as angels. They exist at times all around us in a dimension we can't see. If you perhaps share these beliefs, you might suppose shadow beings are a kind of manifestation of these entities leaking through into our realm and showing up, whether intentionally or not. Now, the unknown factor of these shadow beings makes it extremely important to be careful in researching or seeking them out. You need to understand what they are and all the possible explanations for them. So back my earlier discussion of ghosts. What are ghosts? They could be a possible explanation for the presence of shadow people. They could be simply one out of many types of shadow figures. So we need to cover the basic concepts of ghosts and where they come from. One of the simplest, most common definitions of a ghost is the soul of a once living human or animal left behind on earth. And many people have seen and experienced ghost sightings for years. It's so common a phenomenon, in fact, there are extensive resources for finding stories of ghostly encounters. Dozens of TV shows, movies, and video games centered around paranormal activity. Ghosts in particular. To believe in ghosts implies the existence of some form of afterlife. The ghosts we're discussing are actually the souls of people who passed on, left behind to dwell in an indeterminate state of being on this planet. 
Considering that every person who passes on remains here in this ghostly state, there must be somewhere else their souls are going. A lot of cultures believe the soul exists separately from the body and can linger after death. And though there's no consensus on the scientific proof of the existence of ghosts, there's also nothing granting science the ability to disprove them, in spite of what they say. With so many shared experiences, evidence, and documented accounts, it makes sense that a lot of folks believe in them. Even more difficult to uh, disprove is the idea that every human has a soul or a spirit occupying their body. And as many would attest to, we're much more than the physical flesh we inhabit. The complex emotions and memories and values and cultures and ideals uh, make humanists different have been around for centuries. <coughs> and with the shadow figures, ghosts can be tied to locations, objects, and people. When it comes to places, they typically haunt areas where a significant event occurred. If the ghost seems restless or aggressive, something traumatic or violent happened in the place they're tied to. And there are many stories of haunted houses plagued by ghosts who died a tragic or malicious death stuck in that place and lashing out because of their trauma and their grief. There have even been sightings of phantom armies on famous battlefields like the site of the Gettysburg and spectral sightings on a retired British Navy boat-turned cruise ship known as the Queen Mary. And I can vouch for that. Been there and done that. When ghosts are attached to a particular person, it usually means uh, something traumatic happened to them, or they somehow surrounded themselves with a great deal of negative energy. It can also be a connection between the living person and the ghost. For example, a family member having difficulty passing on and into the afterlife might cling to their relative. Also, the possibility a person might pick up a ghost after encountering them outside uh, or inside their house, interacting with them repeatedly and then leaving. Of course, that doesn't appear to be a common uh, occurrence. Ghosts have been known to be passive or aggressive, even a few different ghostly entities. Another popularly known form of ghost is the poltergeist. These beings have been experienced since ancient Rome, generally exhibiting the same behaviors for each haunting. And poltergeist hauntings can be some of the most frightening because they definitely make their presence known in loud and obnoxious ways. Though multiple people in the same house are usually witness the activity, they tend to center and focus on one specific person, acting up the most when they're around. Poltergeists show themselves by sliding furniture around, knocking over objects, tapping on walls, and other surfaces, even throwing items through the air. Now, usually these occurrences only intensify with time as the poltergeist proceeds to shake windows and beds and make loud noises and speak in voices and on the rare occasion, physically manifest with images of a present apparition. Now, these are some of the rarest haunting experiences, but it doesn't make them any less terrifying when it happens. Many TV shows and movies like to portray hauntings by these entities, capitalizing on the intensity and probability of their presence. In extreme cases, these hauntings can result in physical harm being done to the people living there. Some have been left with wounds and scratches on their arms or legs after an attack, amplifying the true seriousness of the situations. And some think poltergeist activity can stem from a large quantity of negative energy surrounding a person. 
Yeah, that's an interesting concept when you consider the center of the targeted person in the household is usually a teenager and adolescent. One theory about poltergeist activity is that it's uh, actually psychokinetic energy stemming from this central individual. Theory suggests that the objects being moved and thrown around could actually be caused by a human. It's an interesting sort of unwitting telekinesis brought on by stress and hormones. And when you consider that multiple household members usually witness paranormal outbursts, the possibility and probability of this uh, is, shall we say, lessened. Well, from ghosts, let's turn to the to demons. You know, another common speculation on the presence and identity of shadow people is they could be demonic forces showing themselves in sometimes obscure ways with mysterious intentions. Certainly an intriguing idea, especially for those who hold Christian beliefs. Many Christians strongly believe in the presence of another spiritual realm closely connected to ours where... Demonic entities are actually commonplace. So I guess the first thing we need to do is determine what a demon actually is. Now, there are many connotations that come with the word demon. Of course, this depends somewhat on your upbringing as well as the beliefs you continue to harbor into adulthood and your daily life practices. And many people experience strong negative feelings attached to the concept of a demon. Others are innately curious. Still, some are deeply disturbed or repulsed, associating demons with violence and grotesqueness and anger. And by their very nature, demons, of course, are supernatural entities steeped in evil and malice. Nothing good or light about them. Unlike some shallow people, uh, there's no ambiguity surrounding their intentions. They are only present in the Christian religion, though. There have been tales of demons, including ancient Eastern religions, Early Judaism and Islam. These beings are negative and dangerous all across the board, being associated with possessions and spiritual aggressions in almost every instance. Well, in Christianity, it's believed the demons are underlings of the devil, an extremely malevolent and sadistic entity set out to harm, kill, or manipulate humans. The devil is opposed in nature to the Christian God, who's said to have cast the devil out of heaven. The devil wanted to gain more power than God, so he started an uprising, and he and his followers were exiled. The demons Catholics and Christians believe in do the work of the devil, otherwise known as Satan, throughout the earth. They seek to cause mayhem and tragedy wherever they go, preying on people who may be highly traumatized or spiritually wounded. Some even theorize, based on the thoughts of Michael and Pesellos, uh, there are multiple types of demons. It includes the types of demons that inhabit the land, the water, and places beneath the earth. Christians who also believe that exposure to the occult attempting to communicate with supernatural beings can lead a demon to latching onto a person and target them. And on that note, we come to the end of the day's show. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about an unsolved murder. Let's see if we can come up with any new information. Until then, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show saying have a truly great evening.